Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. My name is Mildred Mudio. I am here with my co-host, Ashley, and we are here with our final episode of our first season of our podcast. Today, we are going to be focusing on spirituality in creativity. So I think what we're talking about is our narratives about creativity and how can we work with this idea that we are all creative and it doesn't have to look like anyone else's. The ultimate expression of creativity is the life that we create. Mm. Is it honest to us? Does it align with our heart? Does it align with our values? My ego needed it to be a certain way, but my soul was like, let's write something else that will light you up and get you excited. So first off, hi, Ashley. <laughs> Hi, I'm so excited about this topic. I know, me too. We thought it would be appropriate to talk about this since it's our last episode of this first season, just to talk a little bit about our own experience with taking on a podcast, what it has meant, how it has evolved. We want to touch on other things. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. How has this experience felt for you? It's been, it's been interesting, you know, when you asked me to do it, um, I surprised myself, my whole body lit up with, yes, can't wait. And I may have mentioned this before, but I'm pretty shy and not someone who likes to talk about myself, you know, publicly. And so I was really surprised by my reaction. But since doing it, I love the topics. I love the work. I love meeting with you. It gets me really excited. Feedback has been really positive. What's been interesting is, creatively speaking, watching the inspiration unfold and not needing it to be a certain way, but allowing it to unfold naturally and organically and being okay with that. <laughs> not yeah. like I've been in the past. Right. That's such a good point. I think it was really interesting. I don't know. I can't remember if I've told this bit on any of our episodes before, but the way that the idea for the podcast came to me was that I was sweeping my living room floor and out of nowhere, I got this intuitive hit. You should do a podcast and you should do it with Ashley. And it wasn't anything that had crossed my mind. It's not something that I had thought about at all. I had considered a podcast before, but I thought that's that felt too daunting to do on my own. And I just thought, well, if an opportunity presents itself, I'll, I'll check it out then. And then it turned out to be that. And so before I brought it to you, I was a little nervous. I thought, will she even want to? Like, is she going to think I'm crazy? Or, <laughs> But um, you said yes, and it just felt very natural. And, and similarly to you, I didn't put that perfectionist, anxious energy behind it. It just, not that I had to be so intentional with it, but those feelings have not really come up. Mm -hmm. I think we have really allowed for creativity to flow. We have bounced, you know, ideas back and forth of one another. And I think that this is one of the very few things I think I've ever done that I have not pressured myself at all. I've allowed creativity to just take place. I've allowed myself to be new at something. I've allowed myself to make mistakes and be okay with it such a beautiful and pleasant experience. You said to me some, you, no, I don't mean it like that, but you said to me, <laughs> I don't know, maybe six months ago at the beginning of the year, something that just resonated with me, I needed to hear. You said, 
I'm just done with making everything hard, trying so hard. And I was like, yes, it was like what I needed to hear at the time because my relationship to creativity has often been, I need to be creative. I need to produce something, you know, and it's been like trying to force something and you can't force this stuff. And when you said that, it was as if the universe knew I just needed to hear that and I stopped. And so since then, I've just been like, if I'm going to be inspired, I'm going to be inspired. If it's going to come, it's going to come. And it's been crazy how many things come to me in dreams, in my sleep, just when I'm, like you said, cleaning, when I'm not doing anything. I actually heard a month before you asked me, I just heard you're going to be doing a podcast. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I just assumed it was with Lair, you know? I was like, oh. And then I let it go. And then you asked me, and I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? But I do want to talk about this idea of making everything so hard when we're trying to be creative. Yeah. I mean, from personal experience, making things hard is the number one way to block off your creativity. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's one thing for us to be talking about this and to say it in this way, right? But my personal journey to get to this point has been rather hard, has been (laughs) long. There has been so much unconditioning or deconditioning. Mm -hmm. I don't know which word. You know what I mean. There has been so much of that to the point where, and I think that everyone to an extent in different points in their life get to this point where it's like, you know what? Enough is enough. I am, I'm tired. I cannot, this is not sustainable anymore. I have lived this way for as long as I can remember. At some point, you have to make a choice as to what kind of life you want to live. How does it want to feel? How do you want your life to feel? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times when we ask, what do you want your life to look like? We think outside of it. Instead of saying, how do you want it to feel? How do you want your life to feel? And choose that and then be assertive with that. And anything that doesn't align with that it's just, it's just a no. Yeah. That is talked about so much and I get it. And, but for me to get to a point where I'm saying it in the way that I'm saying it, where I feel it in my body, where I know that that's my new truth. I just, I just want anyone who listens to us to know that I'm not coming from a space of telling you that all you have to do is change your mind and choose differently. No, that's not it at all. To get to a space where I finally got comfortable to give myself the permission to say, I'm going to live an easeful life. And I'm going to figure out what that means along the way, including with my creativity. It took a lot. Yeah. So I didn't mean to digress, but I, I want that point to be made because to choose to live an easeful life in a society that <laughs> tells us almost the complete opposite. Well, I, I feel like it's so relevant. I mean, it, it's going against all the rules that we've been taught. You know, we talk a lot about this also belief systems. You know, I I thought about as we were preparing for this, when I was younger, everyone in my family would look at my brother and say, he's the creative one. And they would look at what I created and they would just like, oh, but he's the creative one. And no one ever told me I was creative. Mm-hmm. And as I got to be an adult, I was like, but I want to be creative. I feel this need to be creative. I feel something burning inside me. And I really had to 
rewrite the story about that, that creativity comes in many forms and looks so different for everybody. Creativity in cooking, creativity in how you choose to decorate your home, creativity in your clothes, creativity in art, whatever it is, in music, but it doesn't have to be public. Creativity can be very private. It can be very personal. It doesn't always have to be shared. It doesn't always have to be applauded. Right. So I think what we're talking about is our narratives about creativity and our beliefs about the ease in which it can come. And working with that and how can we change our narrative around it and how can we work with this idea that we are all creative and it doesn't have to look like anyone else's. Yes. I think ultimately, I mean, at least one of the conclusions that I've come to is the ultimate expression of creativity is the life that we create. Mm. Is it honest to us? Does it align with our heart? Does it align with our values? Can we be able to say, I don't have to fulfill all of all of these roles if I really don't want to? Mm. And can my life just be me, mm. just just enjoying being present? And I feel that so much of my creativity has been that. It's so interesting how I had to deconstruct a lot of my life <laughs> to get to this point of being creative from this easeful space. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that that has come with so much work, so much trauma healing, nervous system healing, working with, you know, different coaches, therapists. So it's taken work for me to get to this point of it's okay for me to be me. Yeah. 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 You know, mediumship is the thing that changed my relationship to so much of this because it's full surrender, you know, and trust. And we've talked about this before. But I remember when I was learning to be a medium and inviting those that had passed to come into my space to connect with them, I had to let go in a way I'd never been able to let go before. I had to trust that there was something on the other side that would present itself. And about a year after I'd been working as a medium, I was doing some writing and it occurred to me that mediumship came into my life, not only as an act of service, but to teach me something important about creativity, that as the spirit world comes to me in that way, It requires the same sort of openness, the same sort of surrender, the same sort of trust for inspiration to come through. You know, I can't be operating from my ego. I can't be forcing. I can't be afraid. You know, it doesn't mean that there's not times I am afraid that I won't be creative or my ego comes in, but it's working to try to be in that space of I'm here, I'm showing up, what's going to come? And often it comes when I'm not trying. Right. Meaning when I'm not necessarily sitting down, I'm kind of working with the idea, could you come when I'm not in the middle of the night or I'm not driving or I'm not in the shower, like (laughs) when I'm in a place that I could put these notes down. But when I notice it's coming more and more because I'm offering myself that space. Yes. Yes. That's such a good point. There is so much surrender that has to happen, at least again, in it seems like your experience and mine, but for me, it has been that as well. That surrender that has helped me be better at my work. Mm-hmm. Also, it helps me when I'm doing consultations with clients and working with them in coaching because it it's not about me. And I think that that's one of the things, it's one of the things that clicked some time ago, that if I want to show up for the people that I am meant to be of service to, then I cannot get caught up in trying to be perfect. I cannot get caught up in these ideas of what I should be doing instead of connecting with the person, aligning with their energy, aligning from heart to heart, and allowing myself to be what I need to be in that moment, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that has shifted everything. Mm. It shifts your intention. It shifts you from, you know, fear to love. It shifts you from ego to spirit. It, 
it shifts everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go into surrender for a moment because what we're talking about, I imagine people are like, what does that even mean? What does that feel like? What does that look like? Good point. And a lot of times for me, surrender is saying to myself, my ego, I'm not doing that today. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to think about it. If, if I'm trying to be creative or write or post or try to come up with ideas for this podcast or any, anything, if I'm sitting there and going, what should I do? That's not the energy of working with spirit. That's not the energy of working with trust. So if I'm in that space, I can feel I get all crunchy. I get all tense. My jaw tightens. My head hurts. I'm trying to see with my eyes and my logical mind and not open my heart and my intuitive space. And so if I'm in that space, I walk away and then I'll go for a walk Mm -hmm. and I'll set the intention, come to me at the time I can hear you. Inevitably, I'll go for a walk and then stuff will start to change. I'm going more into my body. I'm going more into my heart space. And then I'm having a different kind of conversation with myself. Surrender to me is letting go of letting the mind control everything and letting go of expectations of what things should look like. Yeah. What is your experience of surrender? It's definitely that. But to get to that, I had to be almost vigilant. I think that in the beginning of this practice of surrender, it does become a practice. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right how something like mediumship or even just an intuitive reading teaches you to surrender. And I learned this from from taking your classes, because that's how Ashley and I met. I got a reading from her and then I joined one of her classes. That's when I really learned to trust the voice of my intuition, the feeling, how it felt in my body. I learned to distinguish that when my body feels tense, that's not a state from which I can communicate Mm -hmm. effectively from. That's not a place from which I can create from genuinely. Mm The thing is, and I think this is important to state as well, is that a lot of times we don't know that we are in that state because it tends to be the state from which we function from at all times. Such a good point. Tends to be our normal. I find that point very important to make because from personal experience, I've talked about this with Ashley in the last couple of months because of work that I've been doing with another coach around healing the nervous system. My way of being has changed. Mm in the world, in terms of just being okay with what is. And if I find myself going to that anxious place again, being able to capture when that's happening a lot quicker and asking myself, okay, asking myself certain grounding questions. Okay, is this true now? Mm -hmm. What is my reality now? What am I, you know, bringing myself back and noticing the difference in my body. Mm -hmm. And now my body tells me you're in a state of anxiety and stress or you're in a state of ease. Mm -hmm. The practice of that is what led me to then understand, oh, this is surrender. Mm -hmm. My body feels this way when I'm surrendered. I accept what is when I'm surrendered, not because everything is going perfectly, but because I'm able to hold it differently. Mm -hmm. So I say it in that way because... I think that with the work that we do, a lot of times it's interpreted as if we're like in this spacey, airy, I don't know, like we're not here, like we're not human. And it's like, no, for me, do I consider myself an intuitive astrologer? Absolutely. But do I think that we're all intuitive? Absolutely. But this isn't just something that I woke up and I said, I'm receiving messages and I can see dead people like you know these ideas that people have I had to practice 
And I say that, I say that because I think that feels more real, tangible, and more human to everyone out there. So again, I did not mean to go off on a tangent, but it's a good one. Yeah, I think all of these things are important to know because this is the point of grounding spirituality. Yes. This is what it means. Yes. That it does take intentionable, actionable practice for some people, I think for some people, to get to the space. Yeah, absolutely. Are others more, I don't know, quote unquote, prone to it? Does it come more easily? Yeah, I can see it in people's charts. Absolutely, 100%. But for me to get to where someone is very naturally, I've had to practice. Yeah. Legitimately practice. Well, I think for so many people, it's learning that they operate from a place of logic left brain Mm -hmm. and that learning to find the way to move into that right brain intuitive space And it does take healing. It does take self-awareness. It takes mindfulness and it does take practice. You know, mediumship came along at a time in my healing journey that I was ready for. And I feel really lucky that my work requires me to surrender on a regular basis. So I'm practicing all the time, but I'll tell you in my creative space, I have to remind myself over and over again, you're trying too hard. So this is something I have to work with all the time. And if you're not in the type of work that requires you to surrender in this way, I would just say start tracking when you feel the most inspired, tracking the times of day, tracking the places that you feel creativity run through you. And also notice when you have inspiration, how quickly the mind comes in and says, yeah, that's not good enough. Let's not do that today. You know, if it's not Mm going to be perfect, then why do that? So I think mindfulness is a huge part of a creative process as far as like getting yourself started and getting to know what is my relationship to creativity? What do I believe about myself? How do I feel when I'm doing it? Can I allow it to be fun and playful? Does it have to be perfect? Right? Such good points. Yes. And is it for the outside world or is it for me? So I would like to share a story because I think this is really an important story as far as our relationship to creativity and our intention and our intuition. So... Well, 21 years ago, I left my relationship with my mother and pretty much right after I left it, I began writing. I began journaling, writing poetry, writing stories, my life story. And the reason this was important is because in my relationship to my mother, silence was my biggest power. If I didn't react, if I didn't speak, then she wouldn't get to me. She would know there would be less conflict between us. You know, she was a really difficult person and really scary person to be in relationship to. So I just learned to be silent. So when I left that relationship, all of a sudden words started coming. My story started coming. My intention was I want to write a book and I want to write a book that could help people that were in situations like me to help them feel less alone. That's why I got into this work in the first place as a therapist. So I've been writing this book on and off, recognizing that I can only go so far depending on my healing journey. I can only go so deep because I was pretty traumatized and disassociated and it was a really difficult book to write. My friend said she read some of it. And she said, reading this is like a horror story. She's like, I don't know what's going to happen next. It's kind of scary. So you can imagine trying to write this book, what my nervous system was doing. So about a year ago, after a lot of stops and starts, I decided to really commit to going as far as I could. I got up to eight chapters. And in those eight chapters, I could feel my body just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And my ego was like, but we have to fight for that little girl who never had a voice. We have to keep writing this. We have to put it out there to help people. And my body was like but I can't wait to write about the stuff you're doing now. And I can't wait to write about the good, fun stuff. And I kept saying to my husband, can't wait till I get to the part where I met you or I become a therapist or a medium. And interestingly enough, at that eight chapter mark, I had the opportunity to share my work with a publisher. 
and she read it and she was very kind and generous about my writing. But her feedback was, after looking at some of the stuff I was doing, she didn't think this was the book I was supposed to write right now. And I'll tell you, after having dedicated 21 years of having this idea, I was gutted at first. I crawled into bed. My husband did not know what to do with me. This, the darkness came over me because I just felt like, again, no one wants to know my story. I don't have a voice. But after I cried and I went through the darkness, I knew she was right. My body was tired. My body was like, we don't have to go any further. What I did was for me. Mm. Like it brings me to tears. I wrote those eight chapters for me. Now I might pick it up down the road, but that was my soul retrieval. In order for me to be in the place that I went, every time I went into those chapters, I gave that little girl a voice. And that was for me, integrating her into my body. So I share this story because I've heard of other authors writing things And then having to start over, having that book rejected, or just realizing it wasn't the book they were meant to write. And I think when it comes to creativity, we can have this idea of what something should be and forget that sometimes it's just for ourselves. And I've started over. I'm writing a new outline and it feels so fun. It feels amazing. And my body is like, yes. And I wasn't listening that whole time. So I hope that helps because I can't imagine I'm the only person that ever had a creative project that didn't go to where they wanted it to or... They knew something was off, but they just were trying to force it. I hope that's helpful. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that just took you to just a different space within yourself, like a recognition of another layer within yourself. Yeah. I mean, you know, those processes are what they are and we go through what we go through in them, but it's so empowering. It was painful to let it go. It was really painful. But at the same time, I was like, this is so much better. I don't want to be slogging through the stories about my relationship to this woman. I don't want to terrorize myself anymore. Enough. Someday I might go back and write a different story about it. But it's like going back to that, does it have to be hard? Listening to your body. My ego needed it to be a certain way. But my soul was like, let's write something else that will light you up and get you excited. I love that because surrendering, I have come to learn is just, It's also about asking, like, what feels honest to me? Yeah. What feels good to me right now? And it's interesting because that's a question that we should all, I think, should all be able to answer just easily in terms of, well, this feels honest to me and this doesn't. But, like, it's so hard for us to accept what feels honest to us and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because if something feels honest to us that doesn't feel honest to others, or to the majority of others, then we have a really hard time honoring that sometimes. Mm. We have a really hard time honoring that. We have a really hard time going against a particular mm. narrative. Does that make sense? To to choose differently, to say, you know, something as simple as I'm I'm not, I don't feel like posting every single day, three times a day on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot. It's huge. That is a lot of work. That is a lot of energy. That is a lot of forcing. Mm-hmm. But everything outside of us tells us, oh, but this is what's gonna get you seen and known and uh, da, da. and it's like, but is it honest to me? Right. I love what you're saying. It's such a good point. It's really important. Are we being honest with ourselves about our relationship to this, our output? That moment with the book was a moment of honesty. Right. Like I could have said, she's wrong. She doesn't know what she's talking about and pushed it. But I was like, I'm just lying to myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and facing that was really liberating. 
again, this this fascination with things being hard. <laughs> we talked about this, and I think it was like our first episode, the fascination with things being hard without questioning why. Yeah. A lot of times it has to do with outside voices, you know, outside conditioning. That if you want this, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, maybe that's true. But do I want this? Mm-hmm. Is this thing that people tell me I should want, do I want it? Right. At the cost of what? Right. What matters to me? What are my values? What kind of life do I want to have? What do I want my life to feel like? It goes back to that question at the very beginning. You mentioned something before the before we started the call, which I, I think we should touch on because I think it's important. Also focusing again on like this productivity and people are venturing out on their own. To an extent, I think this is a collective movement of people coming back to themselves, honoring their self-authority, authoring their lives in a certain way, moving away from living a particular life that perhaps capitalism tells them they should live. I think that's great. But what I think tends to happen, I think that very quickly, the intention behind the work can become just about numbers Mm -hmm. in whatever that means, right? Just about either number of followers or number of clients you have or the amount of money you're making. Just about that versus what is the actual intention behind your creativity? Something I think that's important for us all to remember is because we're all connected, everything we do, you know, the way we act, the way we feel, the, the choices we make, it reverberates out to the collective. And I've had a lot of people over the years feel like if they didn't have a large audience, there was no point in sharing what they had to offer. And that one-on-ones just isn't enough. And what I've always held in my body is that even though I'm doing a one-on-one, that one-on-one session affects that person in a certain way. And then they take the work that they've done out into their family. I was telling Millie, in my case, how I feel goes out into my animals because I have several right now to my family, but it affects everyone. It has, and this is the whole point of this podcast, the blue butterfly effect. It does have an energetic effect. And we've talked about the easy exchange of energy. You know, we talked about empaths who can pick up different moods, who can pick up other things in people's body. And I've just been thinking a lot lately, if that exchange of energy is so easy, then imagine what we're all feeling based on what we're experiencing in the collective. And right now there's a lot of good. The news feeds us a lot of bad. There's just bad, bad, and it's so painful and so heartbreaking. And I woke up every morning this week and just thought, what is wrong? What is wrong with people, with humans? I don't understand. But I have to go back to the intention that when I work in a space of love, when I'm teaching my classes in that group, it may be only six people in the groups that I teach, But that group sits in that space of love for two hours and they open up and they share and they witness each other. And it's such a compassionate space that when they leave that group, that's in their bodies. And what happens in their bodies, that peace, that love, that open heartedness that carries on to maybe their clients, their family, their friends. And we have to remember that whether it's one person or 1000 people or 1 million people, Mm -hmm. what we're sharing it affects the healing. And if we're here to evolve the collective and if we're here to heal, then being in a space of love as often as possible is so important and so empowering to the whole. And when we get stuck in the idea that, oh, I only got 30 likes on that post, we're not really giving credit to those 30 likes. We might've made an impact on those people. The picture we put up that was so beautiful might've made their day. 
what we said might have made them think about something they're going through. And they set an intention to go to therapy or get a coach or work on themselves, whatever it is. So I think it goes back to why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Is it for attention? Are we being creative so we can make money or Mm -hmm. have the world applaud us? Or are we making things and being creative because it's in alignment with our soul and alignment with our heart and it feels good? Yes, when we're in alignment, that can have a reverberating effect of abundance and more clients, a bigger following. Yes, but that can get so distracting and we can lose our way. So that that's really what I was speaking to. I mean, I, I have to be very honest and, and transparent here. I think that when I first started doing this work several years back, just where I was at my life at the time, which is nowhere near where I am now personally as an individual, I think that I was going into it with that, not with that intention, but that was a huge part of the mindset. If I want to make a difference, then I have to reach tens and thousands and hundreds of thousands, millions of people. And I have to have all of those followers and it have to, you know, see a certain amount of people just, <laughs> I'm talking about it and I'm like, that is so disconnected. That is so disconnected. It's human. Right, right. Yeah. And it wasn't until I really went into my own healing, which was a lot of it of, of survival healing. And again, a, a traumatized nervous system. Wait a minute. Having this intention is making this, this work not joyful at all and almost pointless. And at the time I was still working a corporate job, which was not making me happy at all. It wasn't aligned with what I wanted at the time, but I noticed how I was bringing on the same type of concepts, the same type of underlying intentions to produce Mm -hmm. and that that production was measured in in some kind of number that was visible to someone for someone to judge and deem okay. Mm -hmm. When you work in the corporate world, that tends to be the way that it just works. And without knowing it, I was bringing that same thing onto my work without realizing it. And then when it hit me, I thought, wait a minute. I am not about to turn this work into that. Mm -hmm. I am not about to bring that energy into this. And I had to very quickly check myself and ask myself, all right, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. What is the intention behind your work? Mm -hmm. Is your intention to help people or do you have other intentions? Sometimes it just takes those types of questions, those types of very honest questions. But when I did that, I said, no. I want to help people. I want to connect with who I'm meant to connect with. And I want my work to mean something to anyone that I work with. Because I've said this before, anyone who we're meant to work with, we're already aligned with. Mm -hmm. If I remove all of these expectations and, and these quantitative rules, then I allow the flow of that energy to connect me with these people. Mm -hmm. And so my why now the why is to be of service. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. Once that happens, that abundance and flow just comes. It just comes. It really does. It comes easily, effortlessly, because you are then being guided by something much greater than these egoic ideals. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not easy in a world where algorithms and things require you, you know, I I had no social media presence, as you know, until last fall (laughs) with my work. I never had. And then I got the download for my class and 
I got a lot of messages from people and from spirit that, hey, you're going to have to join the game if you want this to work. And what was interesting about that is I feel like spirit of my soul was saying to me, it's time to use your voice and not hide anymore. And so entering social media has been in direct relationship to my own healing around being seen, about being heard. But I have to titrate my nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, social media is a party that never ends. Never ends. It's like you open it up and there's so many voices talking. And a lot of those voices, thank you to algorithms, I've welcomed people into my space. There's not a lot of people entering my space that I don't want to hear from. But it never stops. Right. Sometimes I just wish we could all agree that we could have a two-day shutdown and everybody go quiet. <laughs> or maybe from Friday to Sunday night, we all just turn it off. You know, the pressure's yeah. off. But mm-hmm. but it is for, for someone like me. It's entering like a party that never stops. So my point is, is that I think we all have to work and be honest and with integrity about what we put out there. And I'm still working on my relationship to it, knowing that if I do want to You have to balance it out between knowing that I have to talk about what I do if I want to help people. Right. And why am I doing this? And am I, is this post really authentic to me? Am I saying what I want to say? Does it feel creative? Does it feel right? Or does it feel forced? Checking the intentions behind our actions changes everything. You go from posting because you're told by all of social media that you need to post a certain amount of times a day to saying, well, no, I mean, this is a community and this is what I have to share. So I'm sharing it now. And whoever wants to join will join. And if they don't, they won't. <laughs> Here's what I've got to offer. And I'm, I'm going to offer it. You're either going to do it or you're not. Right. But to me, offering just feels that much easier now. Yeah. It feels more genuine now. Because once it's done, it's done. It's different. Everything changes. I think when you come back to yourself and you ask yourself, what feels honest to me? What feels honest to my creativity? Do you have certain practices or certain things that you do in your life to help with your creativity? What works for you? Well, something I know that we do before the podcast and often I do to settle into my creativity, we do an opening, kind of like a meditation, a prayer, whatever you want to call it. But for me, this intention of doing this is moving into the space of our heart, inviting our soul to rise and moving away from our egos and our minds and our fear. And when we do this, we really open up and we connect our soul and imagine expanding that light into connecting to spirit and reminding we do this work, that it's always harmonious and for the highest good. Mm -hmm. And we invite that wisdom and that compassion, open ourselves up to be channels of service, that whatever needs to be said will be said. And I feel like this is something I've been learning to do with my creativity. If I'm going to sit down and write, or I'm going to sit down and maybe do a post, I do it before my classes really opening up to that space, getting out of my ego, getting out of my head. And one thing about this is I love it because it's visual and there's this visceral experience you have as you move through the meditation, but I'm intentionally saying mind, fear, ego, not right now. Mm -hmm. And that gets easier and easier over time. And you can understand what that feels like. The thinking mind has no room in this space. The negative mind, the critical mind telling me I'm doing it wrong or whatever needs to be perfect. So that's one thing I do. I also do the walks we've talked about. Walking is where I feel the most inspired. I'm walking alone. I'm walking in nature because it's like a meditation. I'm noticing my mind's busy. I address those thoughts, those top of mind things that need to be done, either checklist, let them go. And then slowly I can feel my energy coming into my body. And I can feel that nature is, you know, my heart is opening as I look around and I feel nature. And then I can just hear little downloads. 
you know, mm-hmm. rest. I'm learning. I have to sleep. My body is not creative. I am not creative when I'm fried. It does not work. And I don't think we give enough credit to rest. You you had a lot to say about rest. Yeah. I mean, I I love to go to sleep early and wake up early. Like I'm <laughs> if I can be in bed by nine, I will be in bed by nine. Mm-hmm. And I will be asleep. Rest is so, so crucial, especially if you are in the process of not just creating, but just being an adult in this world and you're doing any kind of healing work. I don't think people realize the toll that doing internal work takes on you. Oh, man. On top of doing life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are quote unquote creative, right? That, that That's how you make your living. Rest is crucial, crucial to functioning. Mm. I have found that that has been actually a huge part of my own healing journey. The recognition of how much my body actually goes through in processing heavy things, in in crying, in having certain realizations, all of that. The body needs to rest. Mm -hmm. Body needs to rest. So having good rest for me has almost, I mean, it really is a non-negotiable in my life. If I know that we have something to do on a weekend, I have to prepare myself. I need to sneak in a nap before that or something. I need to, it's important to my well-being, to my state of being. Mm -hmm. I think that also, again, similarly to you, before I work with clients, I do a prayer meditation. And it's exactly what you said. It's about telling any fear, doubt, ego, all of that, like, no, not right now. This isn't about that. Mm -hmm. This is about this. This is about being present for this person, being a conduit of whatever we're meant to be conduits of at the time. And not just for that person, but for self, Mm -hmm. for myself, to be open to receiving any messages or lessons that I might need at the moment, which happens quite a bit when I'm in this state. So I think that when we are intentional about these things, When we come back to this why, which is to be of service, so how do I facilitate that for myself? Everything else, it almost becomes secondary. There's there's a trust that's built. When we learn to allow ourselves to be supported by spirit, by the universe, whatever you want to call it, there's something that happens. We learn, I feel like I, like we've learned to, to dance with the universe and to become familiar with the ebbs and flows, to become comfortable with discomfort. Something happens when we mind the intention behind our creativity. Yeah. And then we invite possibilities, creativity or creative possibilities to come in that we never imagined because the mind and the ego, it's so important to remember how limited it is. It's so important to remember that sometimes what we're meant to do or what we're meant to create or what our soul or heart longs to create is not what the mind or ego wants. So when we push that aside, not push, just gently ask it to get aside and come from that intentional space, then the palette of possibilities is so beautiful. It's so beautiful Mm -hmm. and unexpected. And I would just encourage everyone, if you're getting downloads, even if it's something that doesn't make sense to you, like creative downloads, even if you're hearing you should paint or... I don't know. I remember my friend kept saying, you're a medium, you're a medium, you're a medium. I was like, I'm not a medium. There's no way I'm a medium. I can't do that. But I kept getting the message, you're a medium. And finally, I started listening and getting curious about it. And then this whole other world unfolded. So try not to limit the things that are coming to you, even if you don't understand. Really try to just try them. 
play with them. Just play and see what happens. Yes, yes. Release, I would like to offer to to release a lot of these human expectations of what things should look like. The structure and the form of it will come. That form that you're looking for, that structure that you're looking for, that making sense of it that you're looking for, it will come. Mm -hmm. But you have to let it come. Yeah. Especially if it's something that, especially I think when, when you work for yourself, we feel like we have all of this control. And in essence, it's like, mm, you kind of have to surrender to the process to let it show you what it needs to do in the world. And I think you have to have a certain level of humility to allow that to happen. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's coming from a completely different angle than what we've, than what we've thought. We've been taught. Mm-hmm, definitely. This is such a this was such a great conversation to have and for us to reflect on how this podcast started and the ride that it's been with each other, you know, with actually putting stuff out there and the ride that it's taken us within us and the lessons that we've learned along the way. I'm just so I'm so proud of it. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> happy. I'm so happy with it. I it feels easeful. Mm-hmm. It feels right. And I'm so grateful to have you to do this with. Honestly, it's it it just has all aligned so perfectly. Any work that I've done on myself in the past to just kind of align with this and the work that I'm doing outside of this as well. I'm just it's all worth it. I I feel the same way. This is definitely part of my healing working in this space, this creative space and showing up and being invited to be a part of it and to have a safe space to explore these ideas with you. To see us both show up holding everything really lightly. And neither of us, I don't experience is very rigid <laughs> about it. I don't think rigid at all. We're just very holding it very lightly and making room for each other. And it doesn't feel stressful at all. So this is new. This is a new dynamic. It's a new <laughs> thing to create. It's a new way for me to be. And I really love it. I, I love it. And I hope everyone else is enjoying it too. I hope so. I think one of one of the first things we said at the very beginning of this journey was, you know. We're going to be open. We're going to be honest. And whoever resonates with it will. And and those who don't, won't. Because that's just the way it is. (laughs) Some people will. So when you can accept that that's just the way it is, and it's like, oh, okay, well, that's simple enough to accept. And that has made all, all the difference. So thank you all again, so much for your feedback, which has just been so helpful and lovely. We are taking the summer off to just be and be inspired and come up with more topics. Although whether you realize it or not, we already have some in mind, like the creativity has been flowing, but we are planning on coming back in September. Yes. I hope you all enjoy your summer and hope to see you in July at our event. Yes. Yes. I think we mentioned that last time too, that we are having a one day online virtual retreat will be, this is going to take place July 23rd from 9am to 2pm Pacific Standard Time. We will be posting all about it on our social media. We want to get to know you, meet you. We want you to come and hang out with us. We're going to teach you some stuff and, you know, you can come and ask us questions, but we really want to get to know our community. So we're really excited to doing that in July. Yeah. Thank you all. Hope to see you there. Thanks, Millie. Have a good one. Bye-bye.